Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. The Rose Bowl. The game that inspired the college football bowl season has a long and storied history. The stadium itself is 100 years old, and in celebration of it, Pigskin Dispatch is assembling some of the top historians and authors to share the memories, people, and events that make the granddaddy of them all the special game that it is. Enjoy this Rose Bowl memory from pigskindispatch.com. Hello, my football friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Welcome once again to the Pigpen, your portal to positive football history. And this month, it is your portal to Rose Bowl history as we look at each and every Rose Bowl. The great history, some great people, some great stories from the game and the stadium that turns 100 years old here at January 2023. So we have some great uh, events happening here. And today we're going to talk about an event called the 1928 Rose Bowl. It was the fourth. 14th uh, Rose Bowl played, uh, considered a 14th Rose Bowl game, let's say, and following the 1927 season, and there's one post game that only occurred that year. Now it's a January 2nd, 1928 Rose Bowl game. The invited contestants were interesting as the Pitt Panthers would face their former coach, Pop Warner, and his new team of a couple years, the Stanford University 11. Now, the Panthers sported a record of 8-0-1 under fourth-year head coach Jock Sutherland, a great coach all on his own, including seven shutouts during the regular season. Stanford, the Pacific Coast champ, was 8-2-1 under Warner, suffering two home losses to a tough St. Mary's and Santa Clara squads, respectively. Now, Pitt had their week-long train journey to get to the game. And according to author Harry G. Scotton's 1954 book, Jock Sutherland, Architect of Men, uh, by Exhibition Express uh, Publishers, it says, quote, The first Pitt team to travel to the West Coast for an intersectional postseason game left Pittsburgh in two labeled Pullman cars on Monday, December 26, 1927 at 9 o'clock in the evening. They stopped in Dodge City, Kansas on the Wednesday for about a four-hour practice at Albuquerque, New Mexico on Thursday for a three-hour practice. Now, the Pittsburgh Press later added information on another stop along the way, as previously scheduled Friday stop at Ashford, Arizona, was converted to go to Winslow, Arizona, due to some poor weather conditions in the Ashford area. It says, quote, With the entire squad kicking the ball around and messing things up in general, Sutherland cut the drill short to the disappointment of the spectators who were enjoying the show immensely, end quote. 
You see, the team attracted large groups of spectators wherever they stopped, and the local entertainment was provided to uh, keep those fans uh, going here and just build up the press for the Rose Bowl. On a Saturday morning, well, the team arrived in Pasadena where they were welcomed by a great crowd before leaving the station for their headquarters, which would be the Hotel Vista del Ario. Now, Saturday and Sunday's practice would be held, of course, in the Rose Bowl Stadium. Stanford, on the other hand, had a much shorter, uneventful travel, and the game on Monday, 1-2-1928, was going to be a good one. On game day, the scoring started with another lousy break for Stanford player Frankie Wilton. If you remember, the standout had the misfortune of having his punt blocked a year earlier at the 1927 Rose Bowl. History repeated itself when Wilton lost the ball in his contest against Pitt after being hit on his own 20-yard line, and Panther Jimmy Hagan scooped the fumble and scored. Walter Hinkey of Stanford saved the day when he charged through a hole and blocked the extra point attempt, holding Pitt's lead to 6-0 at the beginning of the game. Wilton's chance to, for, at redemption came a bit later. Pitt star halfback Gibby Welsh, an All-American that season, broke away for a few long runs, but he just couldn't get the ball in the end zone. Pop Warner had his defense focus on the stud runner, and though he gained 50 yards in the contest, they limited him from scoring. He had a couple long gains, one of 18 yards of note. His pit teammate, fullback Booth, had 39 yards on the day and was also prevented from crossing the goal line. The Cardinal turnaround happened in the second half. Biff Hoffman threw a 31-yard touchdown strike to receiver Warden and took the ball to the 29-yard line of pit. Hoffman pounded the ball into the Panther defense from there on a couple of rushes until the ball sat at the two-yard line. Stanford teammate Spud Lewis then took a pitch, but he mishandled it from Hoffman, and it bobbled around about a yard from the goal, and Hart sunk in a Stanford faithful in the moment. Looked like they had thwarted their attempt of taking the lead, or at least getting back in the game. But those groans turned to Cardinal cheer uh, from Cardinal fans, as later uh, an instant when Wilton alertly grabbed the ball and bullied his way through for the tying touchdown scooped up his own team's fumble, scored the touchdown after having a, you know, just a horrendous thing almost happen. A few moments later, Frankie W's kick was good and the Cardinals held on for the 7-6 win. And from the GOAT of a year before to the hero of 1928, Frankie Wilton had quite a roller coaster ride in that uh, Rose Bowl career. Now, however, in 1953, Biff Hoffman uh, a Stanford running back was declared as the most valuable player of the game by a group of historians after he gained 88 yards rushing the ball and even more with passing and, of course, that great touchdown pass that he had as well. So Biff Hoffman, the MVP, uh, Stanford, the 7-6 victory after some really shaky moments and uh, tremendous moments for Frankie Wilton. So that is your uh, sports history of the Rose Bowl of 1928, uh, the 14th Rose Bowl all overall. And I hope you'll join us for more great Rose Bowl history and more great football history each and every day, pigskindispatch.com, wherever your favorite podcast providers are at. And uh, you can find us there. So till tomorrow, everybody, have a great, great Iron Day. That's all the football history we have today, folks. Join us back tomorrow for more of your football history. 
we invite you to check out our website, pigskindispatch.com, not only to see the daily football history, but to experience positive football with our many articles on the good people of the game, as well as our own football comic strip, Cleet Marks Comics. Pigskindispatch.com is also on social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel to get all of your positive football news and history. Special thanks to the talents of Mike and Gene Monroe, as well as Jason Neff for letting us use their music during our podcast. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, football fans. This is Ross, the host of the Pigskin Tales podcast. I just need a few moments of your time to talk about the host of the Pigskin Dispatch podcast, Darren Hayes. He's expanded the pig pen to search out information on the history of all team sports. It's a quest to find out about the competitors, teams, and places chronicled throughout athletic history through the uniforms and gear the participants used and wore. And he is taking you, the listener, with him on this educational journey to preserve sports history on the Sports Jersey Dispatch, found here on the Sports History Network. His newest podcast, called Jersey Dispatch, is all based on the jerseys that all the greats used to wear. You can find Darren Hayes and the Pigskin Dispatch podcast as well as Jersey Dispatch on your favorite podcast provider multiple times each week. So remember that, Darren Hayes, the host of the Pigskin Dispatch and Jersey Dispatch podcasts. It's found right here on the Sports History Network.